Hello and welcome to Little Things with Amber L.B. Swenson. I'm so glad you are here today. Today's episode is called Lend a Hand. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I have been writing and teaching Bible studies for the past 15 years. I've worked with women, youth, Sunday school. I've been blogging for Time of Grace since 2017. I've written two books for them. Really what you need to know is that I love the Lord and I love the Word of God. And I find that the deeper I go into the Word of God, the more astounded I am that He loves us and that He notices us and that He cares so deeply about our lives. And my role is really to get people into the Word and to show them how awesome it is and to really get them to a place that they want to know and love God more. That's kind of my mission in life in a nutshell. And by the end of this episode, I hope we look a little differently at the idea of serving and um, helping people out spiritually and physically, really. And I hope that we look at it not so much as a burden or something that we have to do, but more of a privilege and an honor. So let me tell you what's been going on in my family. My 14-year-old daughter got sick, pretty sick, pretty fast. And she was sick for about five days. And during that time, um, my son and my husband also got sick. So I had three out of the six people in my family down. And so... um, As you can imagine, there was a lot of, Mom or Amber, can you grab this? Can I have? And, you know, on my good days, I'd love to tell you that I just run and grab those things and I have service with a smile. (laughs) But I'm here to tell you (laughs) that there were more times than not that I was, oh my word, guys, seriously, give me a second. One time I came in the door and I had barely shut the front door And I heard, Mom, and I said, can I please take off my shoes before you ask me for something? But God is so, so good because I came down with a migraine and it was very short-lived. I went to bed at 9 o'clock. I was just absolutely beat. I had a migraine. My head was pounding. I felt nauseated. I woke up about 1 o'clock in the morning still feeling the same, took some medication And in the morning when I woke up, I felt fine. And when I felt fine in the morning, I was rejuvenated to help out and to remember what it's like to feel miserable and to feel very weak. And um, it really changed my attitude. So God was very good to remind me of how awful it can feel to be sick and what a blessing and a privilege it is when I feel well enough to be in a position to help my family. During that time, I had also um, gone to work out a couple days, and I listened to the Book of Romans on one of um, my workout sessions, and then I was listening to First Thessalonians, a different one. And it's so funny how God always puts in your path what you need to hear. He's so good to meet us in His Word. And remind us of things. And Romans 15.1 says this. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. And notice 
this this isn't really talking about physically um, weak. I was telling you about my family who was that were sick and they were physically weak. This is the failings of the weak, as in spiritual failings. And um, the note in my study Bible said to bear means to not merely tolerate or put up with, but to lovingly uphold. And I found that to be pretty convicting because um, I don't do that so well always. I, especially not lovingly, (laughs) I can certainly serve a weaker brother or sister but not necessarily in the most loving way. Um, the message version of the same passage, Romans 15.1 says this, Those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not just do what is most convenient for us. Strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? Again, this really speaks to me. I just had a conversation with my daughter, and she had gone out with a friend who she hadn't seen in a while. And this friend put down so much that my daughter's been doing. And my daughter's really been through kind of a, a phase of coming into herself and in really deciding what she wants to do and and making some changes. And she's really been um, reading her Bible and and really being very um, mindful of the way that she's living. And she's had some instances in her life that have made her more humble. And um, so she saw this friend who she hadn't seen in a long time, and she was just really surprised at, at the things that came out of this friend's mouth. And I'm not going to lie, as I was listening to my daughter tell me some of the things that this friend said, I was getting angry. I was like, wow, I can't believe she said that. That is just so rude and that's so terrible. But as she was saying this, I started realizing we needed to pray for the friend who probably is at a point of being spiritually weak right now because of the environment she's living in and the situation that she's in and not put her down and not say, how dare she say that? But we need to be encouraging her to grow in her faith. We need to be praying for her and we need to be walking alongside of her. First, My first instinct was to say, you know, well, you don't need to spend any more time with her, clearly. That was a waste of your time. If you need to be put down by someone, you can go find someone else to do it who's not a friend because it won't hurt as bad. But, you know, that's that's actually the wrong idea. That's not helping the weak at all. Um, The problem is in this situation, the person who might be spiritually weaker um, sees herself as physically much stronger or in a much better position in terms of where she's at in life. And so she doesn't see herself as weaker in any way, shape or form. Um, And that's the way it is for all of us, quite honestly. um, You know, every day we get up and we walk with the Lord and we either are um, in the word and walking with the Lord 
and moving forward and getting stronger, we're getting weaker. And like I said, it just depends on the day where we're at. You know, those doubts creep in. And um, I can very easily find myself in the position where that that man was who brought his son to Jesus and said, you know, I brought um, my son to your disciples and they couldn't hear, heal him. If you can do anything for me, please do. And Jesus said, if anything is possible for the person who believes. And the man said, Lord, I do believe help me overcome my unbelief. I can get there very quickly. I can move into worry like really quickly. (laughs) I can let fears and worries just overtake me as a mom and as a wife. And I can totally get caught up in that. And I have to remind myself God is in here in this situation and I need to hand it over to him. So I am not by any, um, any stretch of the imagination, pretending that I am spiritually strong all the time. I go through the same ups and downs that you do. And um, I am so very blessed to have godly Christian friends who can hold me accountable, who can lift me up and encourage me, and who can challenge me. I mean, that's, that's maybe even the best part of it is that I have friends who challenge me to stay in the word and to go further and to push myself and to trust more than I could on my own. And so, um, you know, that's that's the hope and the goal. In Romans 14, which is the chapter right before Romans 15, clearly. <laughs> Hello. Um, Paul talks about the weak and the strong and the spiritual issues that they were having about food and what food you could eat and what food you couldn't eat and and these rules that people were coming up with. And he had um, some really good points that I think are important for us to think about when we think about this whole trying to lend a hand to our brothers or sisters, our neighbors, our friends, um, when they're in a spiritually or physically weak situation. And one of the points he made in Romans 14 was to stop passing judgment. And we do that when we do when we say things like, oh, I can't believe she did that. I mean, I would never have done that. Or um, I think she's faking. She might be doing this for attention. Or why would she decide to do that? I mean, there's a million ways that we can pass judgment on each other. And quite honestly, God is so good at humbling us. I mean, he is so good at humbling us. I remember being in a situation, um, my first child is very, um, oh, very studious and very uh, accomplished and just um, goes after something and gets it and, you know, no big deal, no problem, very motivated, driven, all all that, you know, very much firstborn child. <laughs> And then I have another child later on down the line who um, has a learning disability. And if you would have asked me when my first child was going through school, I would have said something completely arrogant to you. I would have said, you know, any child could have succeeded in school if you just work with them. I mean, clearly that's the issue. Well, then I had this child who had a learning disability and everything's a struggle. And it wasn't for lack of trying on the child's part. And it wasn't that we as parents weren't trying to help. It's just things didn't click the same. And God was so good to show me that, that, um, 
what I had thought before was really arrogant and silly and ignorant, quite honestly. And it's easy to pass judgment on other people and assume they are so much weaker because they're not succeeding when that is not necessarily the case. They may be a much stronger person. There might be a million reasons why they are not succeeding at what they're doing. And so it's not our job to pass judgment on someone else. Our job is to walk with them. Another thing that um, Paul makes a point to say in Romans chapter 14 is don't put stumbling blocks in people's path. And you know, it's so easy to do that. It's so easy to say, you have to do this, or you should really be doing this, or why aren't you doing this, or have you considered this? And you know, Job's friends were really good at doing that. They came to Job when he was down. I mean, his children had all died. His cattle had been swept away. I mean, he was sitting with boils, scraping his skin. He was down as far as he could go down. And his friends were like, you know, Job, you should have done this, or you haven't done this, or what you really need to do is this. And that's not what Job needed. Job really needed just friends to sit with him and remind him that God is good and God has a plan and we're just going to walk with you and we're going to encourage you and we're going to sit beside you and we're not going to tell you that you have to do anything. We're just going to ride ride the wave with you. We're going to ride through this and walk beside you. And, and that's what Paul is saying. You know, we're so good at putting stumbling blocks in people's ways. We don't need to do that. Just stop. And then the, the other thing that I really took out of Romans chapter 14 is Paul says to make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual ed- edification. And I think it's interesting because I haven't really looked at it that way before in terms of when there is a person who is struggling with something, whether it's spiritual or physical, um, asking myself, what would lead to peace in this situation? Especially when this is a fellow brother or sister in Christ, what would lead to, f- to peace and mutual edification? Um, that very often will lead us to a different, <laughs> a different answer and solution than if we don't approach it that way. So if we have a friend who's struggling, I have a friend who um, who's struggled with cancer for a very long time, and there isn't a cure. She's just living until the cancer overtakes her. And so she's tried all the treatments. She's done everything. It's not my job to offer, to suggest, to to do anything that would cause her to be in a situation where she could become upset or second-guess herself. That, that's all constant with her. My job is to look at the situation and say, what can I do that will lead to peace? I can encourage her. I can tell her how well she has gone through this, how beautifully she has mothered her child through huge obstacles in the mutual edification that's me saying I don't understand what you've had to go through but I know God is there and I know God has a plan and I'm trusting him 
And I'm going to try to help you trust him too. So I think looking at it that way brings me to a much different path than not looking at the peace and mutual edification. So for me, that was extremely helpful. In 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, I came across this. Paul said, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you, (laughs) which is awesome. Um, Paul is actually asking us to respect those who are maybe telling us, hey, you're doing this a little off. You're a little off on this. You need to work on this or whatever. Um, We don't always look at it that way. Verse 13, hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. That's loaded. There's so much in there. Encourage the disheartened. Life is hard. We all get that. I mean, we all get to the point of being disheartened of feeling like this is way too much for us. Like, how am I going to get through this? We need to encourage each other. Help the weak and be patient. That's what I needed to hear when I had three sick people (laughs) and saying, Mom or Amber, help, I need this or that. You know, be patient with everyone. Look, when I thought about it, you know, in that example of me walking in the door and having um, my daughter cry, mom, can you get me this? You know, from my perspective, I was out teaching the fifth and sixth grade Bible history at church. And then I went to the church service and then I had stopped and got a shake from my son who was sick. He had texted me and asked me to pick him up a shake that sounded really good. And so I'm walking in the house and I have just had this like two and a half hours of constant activity. But when I thought about it, she's been in bed for two and a half hours waiting for whatever it was that she wanted. And how could I be upset or angry with her when she has waited patiently? Now I have to be patient with her. So anyway, just a different perspective. And we all need a change in perspective once in a while. I have got some great quotes from you. One is from Charles Dickens. It says, no one is useless in the world who lightens the burdens of another. And let me tell you what I have found. You do not have to be a very strong person to lighten the burden of another. I work with a 95-year-old woman who um, so often lightens my mood and changes my perspective. And I just see it as such a blessing and a benefit to be with her because I will say something I said to her um, two days ago when I was with her. It's um, just before a major holiday right now. And of course, everybody has a huge long list of things to do. And when I got there and I was saying hello to her and she said, what'd you do today? And I said, oh, I went and walked with a friend at the mall. And she just started laughing. She said, of all the things you have to do and that's what you did? And I said, listen, I needed to walk with this friend just as much as this friend needed to walk with me. And um, and we just started talking and chatting. And then we started talking about, you know, the lessons that we've learned over our life is that relationships matter. A lot of the other things, you know, they'll either fall into place or they won't. And the bottom line is, if my family comes over to my house and I haven't 
you know, clean my chandelier, nobody's going to care. No one's probably even going to look up. And if they do, they'll be like, oh, she forgot to do that. But I don't want to miss out on the chance to spend time with a friend and be mutually encouraged. So um, you really don't need a lot to be able to offer something to someone else and to lighten their burden. Send a text, write an email, call someone on the phone, send a card, um, take the time to say hi to them at church or in passing. Even I try to make a point to say hi to people on the street and smile at them. And I just think how many people actually smile at one another? I mean, to have somebody smile at you, look at you in the eyes, just says you matter. John Bunyan, um, who wrote Pilgrim's Progress, he wrote, you have not lived today until you have done something for someone who can never repay you. And, you know, that's what Jesus said, too. He didn't say you've not lived. He just said, you know, don't do things for people who can repay you. Find people who can't repay you and do something for them. That's when it's really a neat thing. Um this this quote, Michael P. Watson, is a British pro boxer from the 1980s and 90s. And it's funny that he um, was a boxer because this is what he said. Strong people don't put others down. They lift them up. And he was clearly a strong person being a boxer. Um, but that really, again, goes back to Jesus and what he said. You know, if you want to be a person, the, the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, serve, help people. That's how you get to be great is by serving others. And then the last quote is from Will Smith, um, who you probably know. He's an American actor. Um, and he said, if you're not making someone else's life better, then you're wasting your time. Your life will become better by making others' lives better. And again, <laughs> this goes right back to Jesus. He said, it's better to give than to receive. And who of us hasn't found that? You know, I have never missed anything that I have given away for someone else. So if I've made a meal for them, or if I have got them, given them money, or given something that I knew would be a benefit to them, I have never, ever missed anything that I've given away. But I have felt terrible about opportunities that I've let pass by. And so I think the challenge is to really um, take up those opportunities, grab them as they come in, as they present themselves, and follow that and do something for others, help other people, and to just really look at it as, listen, if you are strong in your faith, find others to walk alongside, to raise up, to teach, to encourage, to enlighten, to do what you can to build them up. It's not about being the best and trying to be on top of the world. It is more like what Moses did. And Moses, when uh, he was in the camp of the children of Israel, and all the leaders um, came together, and the Holy Spirit came on them, and they were all prophesying. And there were two leaders that hadn't come, and they were still in the camp, and they were prophesying. And people said, Moses, these, these two guys are in the middle of the camp, and they're prophesying. And Moses said, listen, I wish the Holy Spirit was on all of you. I'm not, you know, it's not about me being better than anybody else. It's about, let's get everybody to this point. Let's all get to the point that we're spiritually built up, ready for service, ready to lead, ready to help. 
um, that's where it's at. So I hope that changes your perspective. I know I needed a little bit of a change of perspective earlier this week. This has been Little Things, because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. Please remember to pray for time of grace and also to support us with your financial contributions.